Have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? What a note say, Dan. Cat dead. Details later. See, the police are always off track with this shit. If they'd watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trashmouse Mills, and this week, my guest is the one and only Adam Easterling of the band Orthodox. And a real quick side note, but unfortunately, at the very beginning of this episode, mainly when we're just talking about the music side of things, the internet connection was a little bit choppy, so it is going to break up a little bit. But once we dive into the horror movie stuff about two minutes in, it really goes smooth from there. So now before we get into this week's interview, I just want to say me and the wife made a trip to Wilmington, North Carolina this past weekend, and it was excellent. I highly recommend any horror fan head out that way we got to see film locations from the newest scream my favorite david lynch film blue velvet and we also got to go down to southport which is only like 45 minutes away from wilmington and we got to watch i know what you did last summer at the muzu theater with muse watson who played the fisherman himself and if you don't know the muzu theater is where they shot all the pageant scenes and stuff like that so it was super awesome to watch it that was all a part of the onset cinema that the myers house does and if you're interested in checking out any of the onset cinema things uh just go to myershousenc.com as he does them all across the entire u.s and i think he even does some in canada so I also want to shout out Jeff Goodwin, who was a recent guest on the show. He's a makeup effects artist who worked on Scream, Blue Velvet, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and a ton more. We got to have lunch with him when we were down in Wilmington, and I got to say, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. So definitely look out for a part two coming up with him as he worked on the upcoming Scott Derrickson directed horror film, The Black Phone. So we're going to do a part two as soon as that drops and we can talk it a little spoilery, but we probably won't spoil the whole thing, of course, because, you know, I'm going to do the episode around the release of the film and I know everybody won't be able to rush to see it, but we'll definitely have some kind of discussion about it. So one last thing, make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all updates on the podcast, especially if you want to see some pictures from this past weekend. I posted them up there, you know, like pictures of the film locations, like Tara's house in the bowling alley from Scream, as well as uh, Dorothy's apartment from Blue Velvet and Arlene's and stuff like that. So. And also, I'll be posting a bunch of updates, especially with the month of April coming up. And that's when I hit two years of doing the podcast. So I'm going to be doing bonus episodes every Friday. And what the bonus episodes are going to be are they're going to be the Patreon episodes that I was dropping last year. I ended up shutting down the Patreon just because it was too much to do those bonus episodes. However, all those details and stuff like that will be on the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that coming soon. So just be on the lookout for that. Thank you guys so much for listening. And here's this week's interview. I appreciate you for coming on the show. Yeah, of course, man. Glad you're having me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we can jump right into it if that's cool with you. Usually I start with a few music questions before jumping right into the horror stuff, but uh, it's really just ba- some basic stuff, you know, about what's currently going on with you and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that works for me. Hell yeah. Uh, you and the rest of the guys in Orthodox released, you know, Body and Soul back in uh, October, if I'm not mistaken. Do you guys already have like a follow up in the works or anything like that? Or are you guys just hoping to, you know, keep touring now that the pandemic's slowing down a little bit and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, we actually have a new album uh, that is, we've just recently started uh, approving the masters for that should be out. Some point later in the year, uh, we don't have oh, yeah. a set release date for it yet, but we're currently in the process of planning the whole rollout for that. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. And then uh, really my only other music question for you is, uh, you know, you guys just uh, are a few months off of that tour, you know, with the Cajun Strain where you guys were doing back-to-back nights. How was that, you know, different than, you know, your usual tours, you know, doing two nights in every city and stuff like that? You know, was it difficult to pick, you know, which songs to cut out each night or did you guys kind of just roll with the punches on that? We 
made two separate sets, one for each night, kind of, we deliberately made, you know, the night for Wormwood be a heavier front load and then end with, you know, the sing-along hits songs on the back end. And then we kind of flipped that for the other night where come out swinging with our more popular stuff and then get heavier as the set goes on. So oh, yeah. yeah, we, it was difficult deciding what did and didn't fit, but in terms of actual shows, the shows were, it was because we would go from, you know, most shows were sold out, but then some of the bigger rooms would be like, still have a crazy crowd. And then night two would literally double that actual crowd. Yeah. It was, it was a really cool experience. Hell yeah. That's awesome. So my first uh, question about horror movies is, you know, uh, what was your relationship with them growing up? And, you know, did it change at all as you got older? Yes. So in terms of growing up, I didn't really watch all too many uh, horror movies until I was closer to, you know, pre-teenage, like 10 or 11 or so. And the first one that I saw was uh, The Thing. And that was, to this day, still probably one of my top five favorite horror movies. And then as I've grown older, it, uh, you kind of find ways, especially with, you know, making heavier music, it's pretty easy to transcend the influence from horror film and even the way that they score horror films into figuring out new ways to execute ebbs and flows and and peaks and valleys in your own writing with be it an album sequence or just lyrics and so on oh yeah you said uh the thing is you know one of the you know your favorites of all time you know after you know some of the time with it you know after growing up and stuff like that is there any other ones that have uh, risen to the top as favorites of all time you know with horror i know there's some like you said uh there's some that are just not really even that good, you know, but they're still just fun. Is there any that are like uh, up there for you in that aspect? In regards that of movies that aren't like great movies that I still really enjoy. I mean, yeah, the, you know, Halloween is Hell yeah. Michael Myers is one of the, the all time great faces of evil. And I mean, I see you've got a lot of scream memorabilia. I would say scream is yeah. probably one of the actual in terms of actually being a movie. That's a good movie. Scream is some of the better ones, mainly because it's kind of making fun of itself. So it, yeah you don't think they're trying to pull off something that they're not. They're very obvious. Like, no, we're doing this right here. This is yeah. what we're doing. So it's, it's really enjoyable in that sense. I haven't seen the new one yet. Have you? Yeah, actually, I really enjoy that as uh, well. That that's what that poster right there is for is for the new one, just because uh, I work at a theater. So I'm able to like, you know, awesome. snag stuff like that. So yeah, I had, uh, I had an interview with one of the guys that did makeup on it. So I uh, threw it so up. Cool. Yeah. I threw it up for that. And then I just left it up because, you know, being a fan and stuff, but it was really good. Yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's probably uh, maybe not my f- favorite sequel in the franchise but it's probably like my second favorite like it's definitely up there yeah i really i don't know if this is a popular or unpopular opinion but i'd say my favorite sequel is probably screen three yeah i don't know if that's a if a lot of people feel that way obviously you can't beat the original but now that's one thing that i do like about scream franchises i feel like that's one thing that uh i would say that's an unpopular opinion because like i see three at the bottom of a lot of people's list too but i also see two at the bottom of a lot of people's lists and then i see four like it's that's one thing about scream is there's it's not like halloween where there's 10 movies also there's only the four movies before this one so like a lot of people's lists are like there's so many different lists because there's only four movies to line up so that's one that um i personally enjoy every film the most i think three might be at the bottom well no i think two's at the bottom of my list but three right above it but uh only because of the fact that i like you know uh when four came out it had separated itself from three by 10 years so it had like more commentary to make on film at the time and same thing with five it's like both four and five definitely benefited from you know separating themselves from two and three because they had more commentary on film to make at the time to where two and three were just like banking off of the money of one and the same commentary that was already set in one so did you ever uh did you ever watch the mtv show no i uh i was really turned off by the look of the mask and then i heard a bunch of good things but i just i couldn't do the mask so i never i never got into it because the mask looked 
kind of ridiculous to me. I was like, oh, it looks like you're actually trying to be scary. Yeah, I didn't understand changing it so at all. But oh yeah, is there some other ones that sit up there for you? Like, uh, no, good or bad. I mean, it doesn't really matter as far as or even some like maybe just some that you saw recently that you really enjoyed. Man, Hereditary is probably one of the most unsettling movies I've seen in a long time. Um, Oh yeah, that was one where the way that I describe it to people is like. It's kind of slow at first. And then the moment that the gas pedal is like barely touched, it's just full speed ahead. Yeah. And by the end, I won't say what the ending is just for people who are listening that haven't seen it. But by the end, you're literally forced to look at this really fucked up visual of what like what the the overall climax of the movie is, like what's been trying to be achieved is finally being achieved. And it's got this really pretty music going on. And it's such an insane thing that you're looking at. But because you've been so predisposed to all this chaos the entire the like hour and a half beforehand, you genuinely like feel relief looking at this. Yeah. It it's such a weird borderline like euphoric type ending where you just don't you don't expect to feel the way that you feel when it's finally over. And so that that was probably one of the better horror movies I've ever seen, to be honest. I don't even know if you would call it a horror film as much as you would just like a psychological thriller, but it's it was you know, jump scare movies, they always, you you feel weird when you walk into the dark room. But then that one, I was feeling weird about the car that was behind me when I was leaving the parking lot. Like, yeah. it just made me unsettled and rattled. So, yeah, it had the same effect that like uh, Rosemary's Baby had to where, you know, without spoiling the movie too much, because, you know, it's kind of like some plot points from Rosemary's Baby do kind of lean over. But like the whole like, you know, in Rosemary's Baby, you know, at the end when she finds out like, you know, because I'll spoil this movie, it's been out over 50 years but rosemary's baby you know at the end she starts finding out like the doctor's in on it and like uh you know her own husband's in on it and everything and it just kind of lends into the whole like who can you trust same thing with the thing though that's like one thing about those uh, a lot of the like more popular movies i feel like throughout time if you like a lot of them lean on that whole like who can you trust type thing but uh it's a very relatable aspect and when you are the one that can genuinely control the narrative then it definitely changes how you can manipulate what people do and don't believe as they go. So you can literally just build this whole facade to, to bring it down all on the same note. Yeah, no, definitely. And then those are also three films, uh, the thing scream and hereditary. I feel like are three that you can watch over and over again. And each time pick up something new, you know, with like the thing, you know, you see different hints as to like, who's assimilated already. And then with scream, you see different looks that Billy and Stu give each other. And then hereditary, you know, you see little nods to like, you know the ending without giving it away you know like you see stuff sprinkled throughout and like different details and stuff it's just that's what i really love about those films and those filmmakers is just like those details that are put in that you really like you see something new when you watch it again you're not just seeing the same like plain you know what's right in front of you is all that you can pick up pretty much once you already digested the main part of the meal you can start to really appreciate the the other little ingredients that go into it it's yeah the rewatchability of horror movies is also something that i think is very important to the genre because if there's something that i can't watch twice then i'm not gonna i'm not gonna remember what it even is oh yeah now i'm with you there that's like exactly how i feel about horror movies that's the problem is that like i've seen hundreds and i mean probably to the points where it's hit the thousands or at least a thousand at this point but there's probably a good like 40 percent of those that i've seen once and i don't remember much other than like who acted in it and like maybe how it ended you know just because like i was really into the ending but the whole rest of the movie was like meh you know yeah but but i mean of course there's still like plenty of that you know i remember like quotable lines and you know like you know the practice like there's parts that just you know have memorable kills you know that some of sometimes that's good enough for a horror movie so mm-hmm. but, but uh we spoke about the new scream you know that kind of comments on um 
you know, remakes and stuff like that. You know, of course, the thing, you know, it got a remake slash prequel or whatever in 2011. Uh, how do you feel about remakes? Do you usually check them out or do you kind of just, you know, go back to the originals and, you know, just enjoy them again? I will always check out a remake because, you know, I mean, for instance, I've never actually seen the original It. Yeah. But I went and saw the new ones when they came out because it lo- I'm a Stephen King fan and they looked unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, you know, on the same, you know, remakes often can trigger a better conversation in regards to the story itself. Like The Shining has, what, three renditions? Yeah, I know. I know of at least two. And then there's the sequel. But uh, yeah, because there's the TV exactly. one, the Kubrick one, and then you got Dr. Sleep. But there might be a there might even be a third one. I can't remember. To be honest. Yeah, the, the even going between the TV series version versus uh, the original, you know, there's a lot of different plot points and so on and oh, definitely. Th- not to say that every remake is good like i recently i uh on halloween actually i watched rob zombies halloween yeah i don't know why i ever liked it yeah. i genuinely was like man this is really bad i don't care about any any person in this film this is really bad yeah and that's not to say that rob zombie doesn't make some good films like um devil's rejects is an unreal you know I'm really more like a psych assault type of a movie, but yeah, it, uh, he, he can make great stuff. But I think one thing that he did in that particular one was just from the, from the jump, you realize like, man, he's really good at making hateable characters yeah. and there's not really any point where there's a redeeming factor for anybody. So you're kind of just like, I don't care if anybody lives at this point. Yeah. So he, you don't have anything to root for. Even Lori kind of sucks in it. I mean, she's not like bad, but she's just not like uh, like as good of a person, you know. Like in the first one, she's such a nice girl and stuff like that. Like you feel like bad about anything happening to her, you know. She's just trying to take out, like, look out for her friends and take care of the kids, and she ends up fucking battling the boogeyman. Yep, exactly. But no, I agree 100. He tried too much to put his flair on it with the grime and like, like uh, I'm with you though. It's one of those that growing up, like I was like, oh, I love Rob Zombie's Halloween, and now that I'm older and I watch it again, it's kind of like, ah, I just watch the. Orig- I'd rather just watch Carpenter so much more because of like, like I don't need somebody to be like, ah, come over here and I'll skull fuck you or whatever. Like in the first fight, like it just yeah. makes no sense. It's, like- it's an un- unnecessary commentary, and also like, God, it just got to a point where I was like, man, I'm so tired of people screaming. Yeah. Like, that's all it is for the entire thing. It's just somebody high-pitched screaming the whole time. Yeah. Now, the and fact I that he turned Michael Myers like white trash just made, like, no sense, really. <laughs> yeah, that too. I, yeah, I don't know. Again, it's a creative and not even, like, a bad reimagining of the story. It's just the execution was not to my liking. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's something I go, like, it's definitely watchable, but it's just, uh, it's, fall, like, every time I watch it, it falls further down my list of, like, uh, remakes and stuff, you know what I mean? But. Is there any uh, that you've really enjoyed that you've seen? I know that, uh, I think you already mentioned one, but uh, um, I can't remember which one it was. But uh, The It remakes yeah, were yeah. pretty yeah. phenomenal. Which I really enjoy those myself as well. Really true to the book as well. In regards to other remakes, horror is one of those where it's rare you get one that does it as good as what It did. Like, yeah. And there's so often that they don't even do really a remake. It's more like a revamp. Very rare they actually redo the story itself. Because like, I don't, I don't think there's a single... Texas Chainsaw Massacre since since the original I don't think there's one that actually follows the original storyline I think everything is kind of just like a this is a new way that we introduce this yeah uh, and I think they're doing a Netflix series on it no it's just a movie but yeah it comes out actually like uh in 10 days yeah I'm, I'm excited to see it just because it's on Netflix I ain't gotta like yeah. I mean working at a theater I wouldn't have to pay for it anyways but yeah. uh, I'm excited that you know it's like it'll be quick to access i can just watch it that night without worrying about you know when i can go out and see it at the theater and all that stuff 
and Netflix does some really, especially as of lately, they've done some really good stuff. Like, um, have you watched Archive 81 yet? No, but uh, my buddies in Toxic Coffin, the clo- uh, they do a, a horror slash Halloween clothing company. They were recommending it. And usually when they recommend something, it usually ends up being something that I, I dig. So I'm going to definitely check it out. My fiance and I have been watching it over the last week. And I think all we have left is the, the finale. But oh, yeah. it is a really good, it keeps you locked in the whole time. And it's very uh, generous with what it gives you. Like right out the gate, you're already getting told about different twists. Yeah. You're able to build your own opinions and build your own theories. And it's very easy to connect things. Like there's so many different points that they're like, this is eventually going to meet to this down here. But by the, when it meets, it's not been so long or it's not been so subtle that you can't connect that in your head. Yeah. And it's, it's a very easy twist of fate type show to follow. And it's very easy to fly through as well. Hell yeah. Now, Netflix has put out some pretty good stuff lately. There's a bunch of stuff on my watch list there. I keep forgetting I have Netflix because I technically, I personally canceled mine after they dropped The Office because I went, switched to Peacock to have The Office because mm-hmm. like uh, their horror wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. So I was like, I, I can get the same like quality at Peacock. But um, so I ended up just grabbing my stepdad's Netflix after a while. So I always forget that I actually have Netflix too. Yeah. But there's actually a pretty big like horror uh, want to watch list on Netflix. But the stuff I have checked out recently, I really enjoyed Like I watched... Uh, I don't know if you saw that series Midnight Mass. That was really good. And then, I have that on my list, but I have not started that yet. No, I highly recommend that one. And then uh, the Fear Street movies were actually pretty good, too. They're, you know, they're a little bit like uh, it's like a mixture of like teen horror, but it's like gorier than that. You know, like it's got the gore of like your 80s slasher films and shit. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think I'm right in the middle of the summer camp. One of those, the, the 80s one. Hell yeah. It's the first episode or the first of the three. Yeah. And then. So I was in the middle of that and we didn't finish it for whatever reason, but it, we were enjoying it. So we probably should go back and do that. Yeah. Those are pretty fun. And uh, not to spoil, like I won't say exactly what happens to spoil it for anybody, but at the beginning of the first one, you know, the uh, one that you already finished or whatever, the, the one kill in the supermarket was completely off guard, but it was awesome. The shit I'm not going. Yeah, that was a, a trip for sure. Yeah. But uh, so at the back half of the show, I usually have a couple like hypothetical questions that mix the, uh, you know, mo- uh, music and movies and stuff like that. Um, my first one being, uh, if somebody approached you guys and said, I want to make a music video for you and the guys in Orthodox, but I want to base it on one of your favorite horror movies just remade into a music video featuring you and the rest of the band, uh, what horror movie would you choose and how would you remake it into a music video? Man, um, I don't know that I would even, it's not even a horror movie. It's definitely a psychological thriller, but I mean, mm. we have a song called I Can Show You God and the lyrical content itself was really heavily inspired by the movie Red Dragon. Oh, fuck yeah. Which- the um prequel to silence of the lambs and is it prequel yeah i believe so yeah yeah yeah, it is and then hannibal's the sequel so yeah uh it's a a movie or a song that's essentially about the premise of it is i capture this guy who's done this terrible thing and uh and basically eating myself in front of him to show him what's happened going to happen to him yeah Uh, and that in itself is kind of like the red dragon where he believes that he's becoming God by ingesting this painting. And so it's a, it's, that would be the first one that comes to mind for me is because that was a very direct inspiration. But in terms of the actual horror film, I have no clue what song it would even be for, but I think doing something with like Jason X would be really funny. Hell yeah. It would be a good time. Getting slaughtered by Jason in space pretty much. (laughs) Exactly. Hell yeah. No, that would be dope. That's one that, uh, not a lot of people like you've seen people do Jason, but nobody's done, you know, like in music videos and stuff like uh, 
not a ton of people. I, like the only one that really pops up like right off the top of my head is the Menzingers, you know, and that's not even like heavy. That's pop punk, you know, and they did like a funny one with it, but I enjoy the video, but it's just not, you know, heavy, but, uh, and I'm sure somebody's done one where Jason kills people, but uh, you know, I've never seen one where they take it up to space, you know what I mean? And actually bring in Uber Jason and shit. That'd be pretty excellent. Plus you can get, uh, I'm sure Kane Hodder wouldn't mind jumping in the suit one more time. You know, the guy that played him and Jason X and shit. Yeah. I think that if you're making a music video, all of the basic horror landscapes have already been used in every big metal band's music video. Yeah. Like I can name four bands off the top of my head that have shot a video in the woods. Yeah. Um, and it's like, or in a creepy warehouse or cellar, you know, we did one, the, the video for the song, I can show you God, we shot in a abandoned hospital. So like the, creepy by by current spaces have already been tapped yeah so i feel like you may as well just go to fucking space and <laughs> do it there like that that to me would be a really funny twist of that sort of thing oh yeah no that would be awesome especially because you could just recreate uh like when you go to space and you get like all the set pieces to create and all this stuff so you get a lot more imagination to run wild with instead of like just going out in the woods and using you know whatever you find and shit like that yeah it also i mean my favorite band is system of a down as i've spoken about on every podcast i've ever been on uh okay. and it's like the big white room that they use for the toxicity video is almost reminiscent of like the big space areas that they have in that uh in that movie just the, the big spaceship the living areas so on and so forth oh yeah so my next uh, hypothetical question for you is uh and it's pretty much my last one before i have one more hypothetical question for you and then i have one question that i asked all my guests at the end of the show but um my last hypothetical uh one for you is would you ever want to score a horror movie and you know that's with the uh either by yourself if you know that's something you feel confident in doing or you know with the help of the band and everything and if so uh, I know this option isn't usually given to the person who scores it, but what subgenre would you choose? Would you want to do like sci-fi and stuff so you can make all that kind of, you know, noise and stuff? Or would you want to really just stick to like slasher? I would love to score a movie. Um, okay. I almost feel like scoring a movie is, I would probably do something along the lines of, if it had to be something that was very scary, I'd want to do something that was like hereditary where you have yeah. a lot of dead space where not anything is happening, but you can make it feel like it is. Yeah. But I personally would prefer to almost do like a psychological thriller because you can do things with a score that are little notes in the back of your head that don't even like a really cool incidence of that is um, the movie Gone Girl. Yeah, um, I'm about to spoil something that happened. So if you haven't seen Gone Girl, just skip ahead a few seconds. But yeah, um, have, you, have you seen you've seen Gone Girl? Yeah, I love that movie. So the part where she stabs the guy in the neck. Mm -hmm there's this crazy blaring siren that's going on. They basically cut the actual audio of the scene. And all you hear is this. Wah, yeah. In multiple points throughout any scene that they're in together, there is something happening around them or it's either something that's happening around them or it actually is that siren, but it, there's always some pulsing activity in the background of their audio mix. Yeah when that finally happens and it's just blaring you've already been feeling this weird unease and then it just sh throws it in your face oh so yeah little things like that are really cool to me and then there's also just music in itself if you play the right note you can like, just play one weird you know dissonant chord over uh visual two people smiling and you'll just assume something terrible is going wrong yeah no no exactly what you mean uh for instance uh have you seen hereditary i mean not hereditary <laughs> midsummer I did not like it that much, but yeah, I have. But uh, in the very beginning, you know, when the uh, the sister, you know, kills herself and the family, there's a scene where it like switches to the house and it shows the car, like it shows the car and it's making like this loud, like honking sound, or at least it sounds like a, like a 
car horn a little bit but then like the cop reaches in and like turns the car off and like the like it kind of like turns from like a horn to like just this loud like blaring sound and stuff like that it kind of carries through as it shows like the dead sister and stuff like that and that's one of those uh, moments that like uh, you're saying it's like when you hear that it's just like uh, it's not something that like carries on throughout the film which uh, like you know like in Gone Girl you know how it kind of like hints at it until it like crescendos all the way to the the death of uh, I was gonna say the actor's name but I, I don't want to spoil it at that point but uh, or that far but but you know it like it does, uh, you know, just create that dread, you know, with you and stuff like that and kind of go ahead and get like, even before you get to the, like the visuals of the, you know, the sister with the tube in her mouth and all that shit. So, but, uh, and I'm with you. I like, uh, stuff like that, where it's like spaces and movies where nothing's happening. Like in, even in hereditary, you know, the parts where it's just showing like the camera moves through the hallways at night while everybody's sleeping. And there's just like this very soft, like, uh, I think he used a lot of electric violin and, or cello or something like that, if I'm not mistaken in that. Cause I know Colin, Seston, I think, did that, but, yep. but so uh, my final question for you is, uh, do you have any horror stories of your own? And, you know, they can be from being on the road with the guys or it could just be something, you know, from your life that was scary as shit. And if uh, you're a believer in the paranormal, you're more than welcome to share something like that as well. So I have one horror story that's pretty crazy um, and it could be chalk of the coincidence. But to me, it just the coincidences, the story just lines up really well for it. Yeah. Um, I used to work at this restaurant downtown in Nashville called Merchants and the building has been there since 1890 or 1870. And there's this story of a, it used to be the Merchants Hotel back in like 1892 or something like that. And there was this story of this, of this patron who traveled through all the time. Um, and his name was Charlie and Charlie had an affair with uh the desk girl or something like that the reception the the girl that the the greeter whatever you want to call him and so i guess she wrote him letters for him to come through to uh where she was dismissing him and saying that she wasn't going to be she wouldn't see him anymore yeah and he hanged himself on the third floor and they found the letters in the wall when they were doing renovations years and years and years later and so the whole joke of the restaurant was like oh yeah charlie must have done that oh yeah charlie must have done that but there were actually some things that like really were very strange like we would watch you know silverware would be sitting on a counter and just for no reason it would just go like a notable shift across you know whatever space it was on things like that would happen semi-frequently but we had the letters framed and they were in the dining hall on the third floor and I was working at one New Year's Eve and uh, I had a table that was right by the letters. And so we were, we were talking about it and, and I made some joke about like, oh, don't feel bad. He, he was, you know, he was a cheater anyways. I wasn't even his wife. And, you know, they all laughed and so on and so forth. And as I'm standing there, like I suddenly just kind of felt like really cold mm. and then both of my nostrils just started gushing blood. Fuck that. Like a legit notable amount to where I like ha- couldn't like, cover it up i had to just go to the kitchen yeah and you know paper towel after paper towel eventually i just had a literal rag against my nose and finally i was like i have to go tell them tell the manager i've got to leave like this is literally we we had all white uniforms just all over my apron yeah like just constant blood and it wasn't like a i've had nosebleeds all the time because my nose you can even see is a little crooked from just getting smacked around a bunch as i've grown up and i've never had it to where it was out of both sides before yeah both sides and it was like like I said, just copious amounts of blood. So I finally, I go to the back stairwell to walk down to the second floor. And the moment I stepped off of the stairs, I just felt it stop. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, okay. Two weeks notice right then. Well, yeah, right. So <laughs> then I go back upstairs. I go take the check to the table. They leave. And then it just starts happening again. And I was like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And at that point, I was just, I was just like, I've got to go to the back again. Stood back there for two, three minutes. I was like, I got to go say something. I go downstairs, get off the steps, stops. That's fucking nuts. And yeah, that's one of them. And the other one, actually, this one is even crazier. Um, I was, when I first started there, I started as a host. And the third floor itself is this big banquet hall. And it had, you know, it was brick hallway down to the bathrooms. And as a host, you your job at the, at the end of your shift is to go change all the trash, all that kind of stuff. And that third floor was only ever used for really busy nights. So if there wasn't anybody up there, the lights would be off. And all that you would see is this dimly lit hallway and then this abyss of blackness behind it. Mm -hmm. And so I came out of the men's room. The men's room itself is literally just like you walk in, there's a sink, there's a urinal, there's a stall. I changed the trash in the stall as well as the actual trash can. There's nobody in there. There's nowhere for anybody to hide. And so I came out and saw that. I was like, man, that is terrifying. So I turned and took a picture to be able to send it to my dad and be like, look at this terrifying place I just started working at. Mm -hmm. and as soon as I took the picture, the door, these are thick old doors, opens about two thirds of the way and then slammed itself shut. Yeah. And at that point I was like, okay, I, if I run away, I will literally never be able to come back up here again. So I just picked up the trash and slowly walked away. And I went back up there the next day and I look and the door itself has what's called a slam stopper. Yeah. And what that is, is if you've ever seen like a screen door or whatever, it's essentially this little tube that has a pipe in, or not a pipe, but like a little bar in it. Mm. And that bar has a knob on the inside so that when the door opens, it sucks in air from the other side of that tube so that when you shut it, it has to compress and press all that air out that small hole. So it makes it to where it is physically impossible to slam a door if one of those is on it. Yeah. And it, with how big that door was, when I tried to slam it, it would jar back because of how big the door was. Yeah. So I have absolutely no clue how that could have happened. So th those are my two crazy stories. And both of them happened at uh, merchants on Broadway. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Now I know where to never go to eat. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, damn, did anybody, uh, like, of course you don't have to share their stories, but did any of your uh, coworkers or anything ever come to you with some of their like crazy stories and shit like that? Nobody that I knew of had anything. Uh, actually, wait, I say that there's a prep cook there. Her name was Brenda. She had, she worked there for like, she's probably still there. She's been, she'd been there 25 years at that point. Yeah. And she had a story about how one time she was upstairs prepping because the prep kitchen's on the third floor. And on the first floor, you have the bar. Second floor, you have uh, like a steakhouse. Third floor, you have the the banquet hall that I was talking about. Yeah. She said she heard a huge rumbling one morning at like 6 a.m. She would get there at 4 or 5 a.m. to prep and be done by noon. And she around 6 a.m., there's nobody else in the place. And she hears this like slam. She walks down to the second floor and there's like chairs stacked on top of each other. And she just kind of was like, okay, that's weird. Why did they leave it this way? Yeah. So she unstacked them, kind of looked around, make sure nobody was there, goes back upstairs and then comes back down, you know, half an hour later to go get something out of the second floor kitchen. And the chairs were stacked back up again. And so that was another one. Other people have been locked in different rooms. Yeah. You know, there, it's, there's been all sorts of really weird occurrences that happened in that place. A lot of them could be written off pretty quickly. 
yeah there's only been a few that i heard where i was like okay i don't have any idea how that could have happened yeah no that's fucking nuts because even with the chairs it's like you'd hear somebody or like you know what i mean shit that's fucking yeah, exactly yeah but and then you're nobody can make your nose bleed you know what i mean like that's just yeah i to this day no clue how that happened because yeah I, it was i wasn't sick i didn't have a concussion to my knowledge yeah uh, like i don't know what it could have been so no that's that's insane but that's crazy you just gotta uh maybe i should shoot a music video there who knows what happened in the music video oh my gosh you might not need practical effects but but uh well i appreciate you for coming on the show man uh it's been a blast chatting with you do you want to uh, remind people you know where they can you know of course i'm sure that you know orthodox is on all the major stuff but uh do you want to remind them about you know any of your socials or anything like that and you know um anything else like coming up yeah instagram twitter all that stuff is just orthodox tn as in tennessee and then like our website where you can find merchandise music videos tour dates is orthodox tn.com oh yeah i appreciate you man yeah of course you as well man thanks so much of course and as usual i just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check by next week as my guest is going to be the one and only daniel schultz of the hardcore band warren warren's album human work just turned a year old back at the beginning of march and it's one of my favorites of the past few years so i highly recommend checking it out if you haven't and while it won't be launching till the month of april i will be reopening the patreon but the only thing is is this time around it will not have any perk as far as a bonus episode the only perks will really be you'll get some sticker sent to you you'll get a shout out on a future episode and then also of course i would love to have some discussions with everybody that joins the patreon you know about horror movies you know as they come out and we see them and stuff like that you know with spoiler warnings for everybody but all those details will drop soon on instagram facebook and twitter and that tier will probably only set about two dollars a month and that'll be the only tier for a while but maybe once that hits a certain goal then i might add more perks and stuff like that so and this is just a way for people to support the podcast that might be interested in doing so uh, i've been doing it for two years you know and i don't mind doing it for free i love doing it and that's why i do it but but you know any money that comes in this way through the patreon will be put right back into the podcast just you know to help this grow and stuff like that so be on the lookout for that like i said make sure you're following me on facebook instagram and twitter for all details on that and future episodes thank you guys again for listening and stay safe